in lieu of having an intro, I'll just say, welcome back to the This Is Hardcore podcast. But with some important pressing things that go beyond new tracks from new bands, I'm going to give a few bits of our time to my friend Gavin, who is in Lahaina, which is a part of Hawaii, which is dealing with a crazy, tragic, natural disaster. Hello, everybody. Uh, Gavin from Still Proud, just checking in. Um, it's taking me a bit of time to uh, make one of these videos, but I'll try to keep it straight and to the point. For those that don't know, um, the town of Lahaina on the west side of Maui, where I grew up, has been uh, completely fucking destroyed by wildfires. It's um, It's been a very hard, trying time for all of us this last week and a half. But me and my family has been pretty busy just um, helping out where we can, just going to just, uh, distribution centers, um, unloading shipping boats coming in from neighboring islands and kind of running supplies around where, where needed. Um, and just a heads up, that's still proud, is still up, the site is still up, and I need your support now more than fucking ever. Um, everything's on sale on there, and... Um, for the time being, our post office is still closed on this side, so tomorrow I will be running over to Wailuku, which is about an hour away, to just pick up some mail and manually ship out orders. Um, I don't know when any sense of fucking normalcy is going to come back, um, and your support just keeps me motivated and hopeful. So anything you can do to support that site, share this around, you know, etc., etc., is greatly appreciated. Um... That's uh, pretty much it for now. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll check back with you at a later date. If nothing else I learned after this weekend is that hardcore continues to be a worldwide movement. Uh, Gavin got in touch with me a while back, sent me a bunch of really cool shit from their tattoo-inspired clothing. The stillproudclothing.com is where you can reach out. Um, Real deal hardcore guys out in... A beautiful but remote area known as Hawaii. They make some really cool shirts, some cool shit, and it's a surreal thing, you know. We're out here rocking three days straight with This Is Hardcore. And a few days later, one of the most beautiful parts of the country, if not world, part of Hawaii just burns and these people have to scatter for their lives and it doesn't seem like the government is going to give them the kind of resources that they need to the community anytime soon so do what you can i know that's a weird bum out way to start this episode but i don't know where i would pencil this in otherwise in the timeline of shit to talk about so i figured i would just get ahead of it you know so um of links always at tihcpodcast.com again i think this is worth not having a song for it um this is what happens when you put this shit on and you know I think by Tuesday I, I was even more wiped out and didn't even return I was hoping to return to work Tuesday but ended up popping in Wednesday last week which is still those, those first couple of days and just never really got our house back in order to be a podcast machine so now I'll take the week off then it was just at this awesome Young Kid Show. Stucky just put on the VFW Bayway playing it. 
banishment. A lot of cool younger bands, younger kids. And it just it reminds me that things at our level in Philadelphia, there there's there is truly levels to this. You know, I mean, Bob and Stucky out here crushing it with the bonk shows. We have a lot of big shows coming up in the months to come. It's just fucking insane, some of the shows that we got. But also, as we have been doing this for a long time, there is this kind of beautiful thing in seeing younger folks coming and exploring hardcore on their own terms at these small media VFW shows. And something that's been going on in Philly lately is that we got a group of folks who spend too much time looking at the internet for ways to look cool. And in lieu of reading the room and acknowledging that, yeah, maybe some of these cool-ass mosh moves will go good on your Instagram or TikTok resume, we're dealing with a different kind of hardcore crowd in Philadelphia than we had in recent times and in shit, maybe, I guess, at one point when we were all coming up in, maybe we looked like them kids, and possibly we did, just in a different fashion. But to get to the point, we got people who want to do some really stupid goon shit to a bunch of new young kids, and we're not having it. So this is me saying to anybody from Philadelphia Hardcore, anybody coming into Philadelphia Hardcore shows, if you if you don't see dudes built like me and Eric and Zach in the back being complete fucking assholes, that means you shouldn't either. It's a lot of young kids finding their place, finding their fucking way, learning the, learning the moves, getting their time in the back of the pit. Don't need some dude who goes to Planet Fitness five times a week on juice just to get his mosh on in the very back. It's bullshit. And if you can't handle it, then then find some room in the far off part of the city and book your own fucking things and wait till your shows are just 20 people standing against the wall getting kicked. Because that's what's going to happen. But while we have all these awesome younger kids who are starting bands and traveling all over and being absolutely, you know, the uh, the resurgence and a new life and, and breath of fresh air for Philly Hardcore, we're not going to let them just get fucking mangled up by a bunch of people who saw some cool shit on the internet and want to play it out in our time. And if you don't like it, you can come find me and we can talk. But that's the fucking rules here. So, with that being said, Philly Hardcore, absolutely outstanding. The shit that Bob does, the shit that Stucky does, really just pushes this shit forward. You know, I, I still have a bunch of shows, but I'm telling you, it's not just the big shows and the big names. It, it, it's the smaller shit, you know. Bob Wilson drops the fucking bomb of the year right before This Is Hardcore, the Unbroken, the Blacklisted, two shows in a row. Fucking lineups are sold out, but still absolutely incredible. You know, uh, Blacklisted Unbroken with Damnation, Entry and Crashing Forward. Unbroken and Blacklisted with Indecision, Magnitude and Scarab. You know, absolutely insane. Then we drop this Angel Dust show way out in December. And, you know, it's Angel Dust, Candy, Missing Link and Lucy. Such a weird lineup. Show's selling great. Uh, We've got so much cool shit down the line. Tonight's show, since I have it in front of me now, Bayway, absolutely crushing it on Days Records. Uh, Bankrupt from Philly, Banishment, Tri-State, 
heavy hardcore. Like the term. Cool logo. Punishment actually almost used that font at one point, but not with this thing in the background. So that's cool as shit. Uh, we just saw Ripoff. There are 302 Beatdown. I don't know if they're Beatdown, but cool, new, younger band. Hope they stick around. And I missed Public Demonstration. But, you know, cool shit from Stucka, Stucky. Really, really like to see that he's catering and getting all these newer bands up in front. Um, thanks to everybody who came to Crown Court and Violent Way at um, Bob's Philly Mocha show right before the fest. I heard the after show Bob did at Bonks was absolutely fantastic. And, um, yeah, we got a lot of cool shit, man. A lot of things been going on. We actually just dropped uh, this week. Harm's Way is coming back. This time at the church. So it's basically unbroken for two days. And then the church on the Sunday. Harm's Way, Fleshwater, Ingrown, and Jive Bomb. And our friends shot out. Up in this motherfucker. So, yeah. It's going to be wild. It actually goes on sale today. Um, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Get your tickets. And that's just the beginning. Every week we're going to be dropping new shit. Philly's, Philly's stepping up. And, and the reason why we're stepping up is because we have plenty of people willing to do the cool shit but also doing the shit you don't see and this is where I want to get to there was in our pictures for this is hardcore which was going to be the mainstay of what I was going to talk about last week but I didn't even have a voice I was kind of fucking sick and tired there was so many amazing kids that you know we had a rain thing uh rain warning Looming over the fest the whole weekend. Oh, but it kept going 10%. We were like, all right, cool. It's not going to happen on Friday. Oh, no rain on Saturday. But then Sunday, it was like 11.45 with Bane on the show. Getting ready to get on the stage. I had to make a critical decision. What was the priority? Prioritize and execute, as Jocko would say. And the priority was to make sure that we can get everything safely packed down. You know, them, them tables and chairs that the people sit under, sit on all all the fest and sell their merch, all the tents that we bring and the blocks all that's got to go back and with rain coming the team went and unfortunately it made me miss Bane which really bummed me out because I've been dying to have Bane headline of this is hardcore since they did their first headlining set at the old venue in 2009 and I had to miss this one because the priority was to stand with the kids the new the new breed so to speak and, and they all outdid themselves literally couldn't ask anything better and it just showed me that putting time and effort into hardcore and showing these kids the ropes of not only the right way to conduct themselves and to be peaceable, but the way to handle themselves with their shows and give them advice with their bands, but on also to instead of go, Hey, you guys go clean up. No, stand there with them, show them what to do, do the hard work. And I hope that everybody who listens to the podcast, who was helping us understands that it means the world to me at this time in my life to see younger folks picking up, physically picking up where we're leaving off, but also willing to jump in and give a hand, being there at 7 a.m. Saturday morning and then being there till almost 1 o'clock Sunday night in the fucking rain. It was be- To me, it was beautiful. I don't care how that comes off or if, that, if someone's like, oh, Joe said fucking beautiful. I don't care. It was fucking beautiful. It's great to put effort and time and then teach these kids about the meaning of what this all is and to see them serve and help just shows you that 
in time when this is theirs that they'll have taken this lesson and hopefully they continue to run with it. So thanks everybody who stuck around, showed up early. The kids are absolutely outstanding here. I'm so proud of them. And they're all they're all in bands or at every fucking show. It, it's so fucking cool to just see younger kids not being like, fine, I'll help you. Like, actually, like, hey, what do we have to do? You know? So, um, that I think that that's, these, these things in the front are the bigger takeaway than what I had to feel about This Is Hardcore, to be honest with you, because these are the parts of our legacy and also the important things that need to be said so people can understand the tone of what's happening, how the things are here for those who don't live here. And I hope that you understand that 2023 is going to end in such awesome fashion. We're working on Keystone Hardcore Jam now. And then right now, if you're listening, because it'll be Friday when it comes out, Bob Wilson's fucking FYA goes on sale. And that's the start of every year. And it's absolutely a fucking monster of a lineup because Bob is who the fuck Bob is never been more proud more excited happier to see a FYA lineup because it, it it needs to be said that there's very few people who can pull out some of this shit that he fucking did um in case you guys didn't know bonks Till close, or actually it says Bob Wilson joint, hardcore till close. Combust wreckage, choose to make, and all for all is this Friday. Doors at 7, Bonk's Bar. So, support Bob at his Bonk show, and buy your fucking tickets for F-Y-A-X, or 10. We got Trapped Under Rice. Jesus fucking Christ, these guys are on fire this year. You don't see these guys at Coachella. They're out here doing the real shit, doing the Lord's work. Even with the wild ass um, (laughs) haircut that Justice has. Still looks so cool on stage, doing his fucking thing. Glad to see them guys out there. And uh, the one that people keep talking about, Dying Fetus. Uh, Last time I saw... Dying Fetus with a somewhat of a hardcore lineup was way back in 01 with it was all out it was Dying Fetus all out war a life one's loss and punishment at the kill time some dudes from Baltimore got smacked up for that but it was a good time so hopefully there's no smacking up hopefully Dying Fetus kicks some ass Tsunami Jesus Christ another band completely on fire Incendiary Dudes are just new record, killing it. Pain of truth. Dude, they just dropped their, their Freddie Manball, John, you and me. Twitching Tongues. That's the band. Cool to see that they're back on the road, whooping some ass. Military Gun, Mind Force, Never Ending Game. Everybody gets hurt. All you glove-wearing, ninja, chicken, dudes who think that what they're doing in today's world. Is anything like what happened at Castle Heights? Well, you can find out. Go to see them at FYA. The boys in Gridiron, Koyo, Magnitude, All for All, Balmora. I've been playing a lot lately, um, Balmora. This band, Big Boy, really fucking dig them. Uh, we played the song Bullshit, uh, Burning Lord, Collateral, Combust, Dead Set. Demonstration on Power, uh, Dimension 6, 
Division of Mine. I haven't seen them in a minute. That'll be sick. Envision, yo, hanging out with Wisdom, watching Envision set. Dudes, love seeing when new bands get explored by older heads and immediately love Wisdom giving big shout-outs to Envision on stage. Uh, this is a wild one, Hard Stripes. They might have, what, what they got, 10 songs, 9 songs, something like that. Hopefully they play them all. They ain't played in a long time, and that'll be cool. United Blood, people would be fucking losing their minds right now. B9 board would freak the fuck out. Haywire, just because Austin, you know, Sparkman isn't enough fucking bands. He starts another band called Haywire. This is their, I think this is going to be either not their first show or one of their first shows. Hold My Own, this Greg and Anshit just fly all over the world to play these fucking shows. Good to see them back on there. Moment of Truth. Dude may look like he's just like a a stock boy, you know, like a Walmart or something, you know, very studious individual type kid, but takes the mic and he's a fucking monster. Moment of truth is no fucking joke. Seriously. Cool band from Florida. And I, I mean, they're going to have their own people representing, but I I mean, they ripped it at the Hardcore Pride. They ripped it down when we played with them in South Florida. Uh, New World Man, out of pocket. Played with them in Chicago. We talked about them on the podcast, played them on the podcast. This fucking regulate, dude, even some of the biggest haters in hardcore know that Seb is the best frontman in hardcore, period. And if you don't know, you're going to find out at FYA. Um, I know nothing about um, the final agony. Restraining order just came through in Philly last Friday. Um, Tyler and the boys is Scarab out there repping it, growing, getting bigger. Warren from Wilkes Bar, I always tell you guys, we play a bunch of their tracks. Great fucking band, hard fucking vocals. And then I don't know much about X Weapon X, but um, I think they did well at LDB and with that, folks. So, yeah, go to fyax.eventbrite.com. Get your fucking Eventbrite ticket. This motherfucker's going to sell out quicker than a blacklisted show. And I'm going to be there telling you, hey, man, sorry, you should have got your ticket, bitch. So. What's it? I think he's gonna go on sale at noon. So fucking be ready. That's noon Eastern. All right. Now I'm more proud of Bob every year. He starts off hardcore year every year with some new shit, some old shit, great flavoring. And that's really what you got to do to to keep people coming. And that ties in well with you know a lot of what I wanted to say about this is hardcore. And it's it's hard to talk about yourself. You know, I mean, there's people that do it all the time. I've had to do it like. But this from like a retrospect point of view, the thing about This Is Hardcore is that I don't think that there is a clear way when you start a project like this, unless you're a satanic maniac, where you just go, I want to do this for X amount of years and this is my game plan. Like, I'm not that nefarious to come up with this, like, we're at, this would be the 17th year of the fest. Well, I haven't been plotting like for 17 years of some world domination takeover. It's always been year by year. You know, um, 06 and 07 was cool. And we put our name out there, but, you know, it was the B9 era. And, you know, there was a lot of too cool for school motherfuckers. 08, we started picking up a little bit of steam. And it was 09. 9, 10, 11 were fucking banger years to the point where I was like this Bob selling this shit out so quick that I had all these fucking haters. And, you know, we would sell out on Memorial Day and the shit happened in August. The shit would sell out. 
the old website would get fucked up. People would yell, how come you guys can't just have tickets? And, dude, the complaints were fucking massive. This is before Instagram and all these other dickhead ways people can jump into DMs and complain. And so then I move it to this bigger venue, and we spend more money, and we, you know, have our eyes not on being some goofball fest with a giant barricade and Live Nation paying for it, but we were looking to maintain a sense of, uh, like, people can still come and get tickets. And until uh, the pandemic, that venue held, held 3,000 people. Um, I would have loved to have been, like, the Olympic auditorium shows in the fucking early 80s in fucking Southern California with 3,000 fucking people. But we the closest we ever got was around 2,855 or something like that, the year we had the Misfits. And you know what happened? Everybody talked about some dork getting beat up by some dorks from suburban scum. And then no one ever cared to think how cool that Saturday was with like Misfits and Bane and all this other cool shit. Kind of got me starting to get like bummed out, you know. But my mission with this shit is that I love doing this. And I love the approach and the thought and the looking at the bills and trying to manipulate Old flyers that I had, you know, if you want to take a step back for a second with me, I spent from 1995 until 2000 and, oh, fuck, I could say 2012 or 13, where any office I worked in or my my bedrooms were covered in flyers. I had big bins of flyers. I now collect books with flyers and my whole brain is on these lineups and like these way these bands stick together. It's like some weird serial killer autism thing that I have where I just sit there and just think of lineups and like, oh, remember this band played with this band? Oh, yeah, that'd be so cool if we could match a little bit of this flyer with a little bit of that flyer. And it's like constantly like a, a fucking surging excitement of like, oh, yo, I wonder if I could pull that off. And oh, yo, I saw this time what, you know, this band used to play with this band. And these weird little connections for me get me excited to try to pull off. I don't know if I ever really explained that, but that's like a part, not a not a mission statement, not a, like a, a need to, but it's how things sometimes get pulled together for my brain. Oh, well, yo, I saw this flyer. Remember this time I saw this flyer with this and this flyer with that? You know, like a great example is integrity. Like that Friday night, I've always wanted to see integrity with Earth Crisis. Now, I should address that the guys in Chokehold had to pull out of the show. Uh, one member was already dealing deeply with a home uh, care situation with one family member. And when another family member took ill, it was just too much. Uh, they couldn't play. The band may never even play again. I think Carl, when I told Carl Earth Crisis, he kind of came up with some um, intervention style shit like, yo, give him my number. I'll put him on a show in Syracuse, which I thought was cool as shit that Carl was like, I'm not letting Chokehold go out like that. But, you know, like, Integrity, Earth Crisis, Dead Guy, Chokehold, like, this is the stuff that I think about when I think about laying there, looking at zines in the mid-90s, like, all these flyers and all these different shows, and I just try to pull them back out of my ass in the fucking modern era. Whether they work or not, I don't fucking know, but it's exciting. It's like, oh, yeah, we try to pull this off, you know, like, and I say we because it ain't just Joe Hardcore sitting there doing everything. This year, I leaned so heavily on Bob, Eric, and fucking Greg. I think these motherfuckers started being like, oh, this pussy's calling me again, you know? But what happens is you start doing shit so much, I get micro-focused, and I get so drawn in that I don't see 
different perspectives. So I started asking friends, like, hey, what do you think about this? Or how do you feel about this? And, you know, Greg Falchetto on top of traveling all over the world, having two kids back at home and a wife and living on the West Coast for work, but also living in New Jersey and touring with Hold My Own in every part of the goddamn fucking universe, still manages to be the guy who not only really secured the deal we had with PBR, but also did his thing with uh, Dylan Wizzleski, where him and him and Dylan yearly get a rental truck and bring the gear from the the backline gear to Philly and then back to New York. He also runs a stage all three days on top of playing. It's fucking fantastic. Plus, I think this pussy should get an award for how many guest vocals he did this weekend. It was fucking fantastic. And since he's a stage manager, it's like, bro's just always ready to jump in if a band needs it. He's like, like always ready. No matter what the band is, he's got a line to sing in their song. It's fucking ridiculous. But this, this Greg and them really did help make the hard decisions or when I felt cluttered, where I felt like I, I you know, like I'm indifferent. You know, there's a band that killed it this year, but I, I was reached out to by their agent. I'm like, I don't even know if I want these motherfuckers. And they're like, yo, you better get them. That's the kind of shit that you need over time. So you don't get locked into your own shit. Now, I'm always locked into my own shit because, you know, the daily work stuff, life shit. And I need a different perspective. And I'm very lucky that this Walk and Bob and Greg were there to just kind of give me a, a second look, you know? So it's the kind of things you need to do. And it, it does make This Is Hardcore what the fuck it is. You know, it really does. It's, it's like, it's other people... And their point of view on this is hardcore. That are now affecting this is hardcore, in some very serious and bizarre way. Like it's a bizarre way to look at it, but it's also a very serious way. Um, standouts. Another thing that I should say is like I also want to make sure there's still a, a decent balance. You know, like this this orthodox and haze and over is a part of hardcore for kids in some areas, and then. Other parts of the areas would be like, ah, oh, you know, they're more like metal. Co- I, I, I don't have the fucking time to pull out like the color spectrum, like you would test a paint color to see what like what shade of yellow it is. I'm not out here trying to fucking decide if the band's more fucking metalcore, the deathcore. I don't give a fuck if I think it's a fucking hardcore gimmick or I think like they're hardcore dudes and trying to get close to the fucking thing. It's worth a shot, right? So we throw these things out here. And we kind of scroll them around. So Friday was sick because we had no Thursday. We had just a day off. Everybody went and hung out and ate. It was the kind of cool shit, like a calm before the storm. Uh, Statement of Pride. We played them a lot on the show. Open, killed it. Thankful to have them. Young Blood Records represent. Carbonite. Dude, Lennon's voice. He's such a docile-looking human, and then he gets that microphone, he sounds like a monster. He's fucking awesome. Orthodox had them on the show, the podcast. If you didn't check it out, go back and check it out. They were fucking great. You know, this is the new way of hardcore. It's going to be a presentation from a completely more metallic standpoint. I think they meshed very well with the lineup we have. Kids who were into them. Um, Hazen Over, they had the opportunity to take a spot with Maddie and the Year of the Knife thing, we didn't have a spot. And I didn't want to just cut the spot, so to speak. So we just said, hey, you know, try to look for a newer band that would be kind of cool. And we got Lucky Hazen over. And then they did the really gentleman thing. And they donated their time and gave whatever monies that they were wanted to get paid directly to Year of the Knife. Very honorable of them. 
Um, Jordan Jenkins is a monster. Momentum, fucking hard, true, pure fucking monster shit. Happy that they played UA. Hope they get to the big stage next year. My brothers in Freight Train, I had a blast. Got Laura Lee up on my shoulders to sing along. So much fucking fun. Long time coming for these guys. So happy that we made it work. So happy that the young kids get to see them. Um, again, Chokehold didn't play. This fucking dead guy um, came out heavy early on with newer shit and then dropped some older shit to get the people back into the flow. Happy that we finally got them on a bill. Um, Earth Crisis just said, fuck it, and just shows up and just does. Here's all the fucking hits. We had like four or five people deep on the stage. It was wild. Um, they don't do Path of Resistance next year. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with them because that that that's what's got to happen. And then um, Integrity. You know, the Dark Lord himself. You heard the podcast. Fucking great episode with Dwid. Dude, they played a ton of cool shit. They had these cool blue lights. The screams in the venue were awesome. Dom came out and did a thing. Aaron Melnick finished with some solo shit. Just cool fucking... Cool integ set, you know, they come out on top. And then we hung out and partied in the dance the dance party with the goth and all the shit. It was cool. Very chill way to start the weekend and then rolling into one of the longest goddamn days of all time. Uh, Saturday, a lot of setting up, a lot of getting ready, and it was just go time. You know, um, Scarab and Risk. Scarab, it's hard, man. You got to be your new band. Yeah, you want to be from the area? Cool. We'll give you a shot. You can play first. Risk comes down here with Fool's Game, their best friends, best friend buddies. They got the split seven inch out together on Never Ran, Never Will. So we put them back to back. Rick, Risk goes first. They set the fucking fire. Fool's Game gets up and they throw gas on the fucking fire. Um, my buddy John Scanlon did a lot to help out. He, you know, works with GB. He books all them awesome shows in Long Island at the uh, FMA, or what do you call the FMH. And then he is involved with those bigger shows. Just like the Long Island, New York, Bob Wilson. And this motherfucker sings in Dead Last Abandoned plays like nine minutes. If you are not standing in front of that band when they start, you may miss them. And they bring pure, raw, unadulterated, fucking hardcore. And I'm very glad we got them on the stage. This wreckage from Connecticut, one of the pure, real deal hardcore bands. You know, in a lineup full of ass-kicking and sing-alongs, it's cool to hear pure, unadulterated, unfiltered, Hardcore at its finest. Wreckage. That's my that's my opinion on them. This CMI, conservative military image, had seen them, didn't know if it was completely a hardcore thing, like if it would transfer over, got in the pit, stood in the back, watching everybody, and it was awesome. And to be honest with you, the way that it ended couldn't have been better. This is like an epic moment where a singer's so fucking in the side of the crowd. He looks cool. The crowd's like, you look fucking cool, man. You're trying to grab the mic from him. Fucking awesome. And then Raw Brigade, like the most energetic, crazy thing. For those who don't know, Raw Brigade originally came from Bogota, Colombia. Dude, this is hardcore. And 2016 for Youth of Today and then told us they were in a band. And I said, you ever come back? You can play. They came. Now these motherfuckers live here. They tour all over the world. They do cool shit in Columbia shows. And they're one of the baddest motherfucking hardcore bands in the goddamn planet Earth. Imagine being in one of the best bands at planet Earth. Not like, yeah, you know, you guys are really good for a Philly band. 
We're all breaking. Be like, yo, we rock the planet Earth. We're that fucking good. Carlos, sick fucking front man. Band's incredible. Back to back. This is hardcore sets. Just getting better and better. And then it's like it's a game of fuck you from N on. You know, it's like it, the the CMI, then the Raw Brigade into life's questions. Then, you know, Seb gets up there because he has to just show everybody that he's so fucking good at being a front man and looks cool as shit on stage. And then, you know, Austin, world's best looking, smartest dickhead in the world, just decides to start throwing microphone stands. Uh, backstory is that he actually texted me and said he thinks he wants to put something on fire on the stage. When I talked him out of that, he said, fine, I'm going to put confetti all over the stage and said, I'm like, dude, whatever. At most entertaining set, had a good time, Suburban Scum, back, wildness, it's fucking great. Um, then this Bulldoze gets up, and this is what we've been talking about with Bulldoze since the very beginning, almost a year ago. They get they announced the last time on the FYA, then they played Keystone, and then they you know, played B&B, they're playing all these things. The kids still love them, it's awesome that people give them the love with the, you know, the passing of Kev One. You know, there's still some blessings because despite the fact that, you know, he's not around, this band and his legacy will continue on. Then we get to Koyo, and it's just happiness. I sit in the back area, watch them via TV, stage eyes plenty. Koyo's so cool because they should be, by nature, the band that, like, you'd be like, oh, these are just, like, young-looking, good-looking kids. And it's like, now nah, these dudes all look like they uh, pour concrete or lay drywall. And yet they sing some awesome, really catchy, fucking amazing shit. And they're super easy to deal with. Cool fucking guys. And they had a great set. And then, I don't know. I think I want to send this into the Guinness Book of World Records. Because, like, at one point, there's, like, a dude jumping and stealing a guitar to do a guest guitar spot. 48 people got up there and painted truth and did, like, a vocal part. This is the most bizarre modern-day hardcore thing is to see... Yo, can you get up and say three words during our set at this exact time? And the dude's like posted the camera. I'm going to do them three words. Cool as shit to see everybody jumping in. Pain of truth. Definitely one of them highlight sets. Until Mind Force gets on stage. And it's fucking insane. And Jay and Mike were so cool last year. They did Europe and they're like, Yo, thank you for the offer, but we want to be home with our family. That's how fucking real they are. Said no to this is hardcore because they wanted to be home with their family. And Jay made a great point when he got on stage. They haven't played the fest since they were on a fucking demo. And they get up there and it was fire. My, oh, dude, like they're one of my they're one of my I've had a bop down bands that I would say like they're one of my favorite bands. Like Mind Force isn't just in my modern day favorite bands. They're now in my one of my favorite hardcore bands. And I'll retroactively set it back to when I started listening to hardcore. So fuck you. Mind Force fucking live, incredible. Stage presence, un, undefeatable. And just set the tone. And then this Aaron Deathrek gets up there and just shows the young Turks that the old guy still got it. Played some old tracks, played some cool shit. Some shit from records that were not the older stuff. Because the last time they played this hardcore... They were doing like last days and shit. So they kind of like mixed around with some God and government. And now here fast shit, which I know people are really stoked on. It's great to have our friends in Death Rip back. And then No Pressure, the, the the rock block of No Pressure, Silent Majority, and Gorilla Biscuits is just un, unfuckwithable. 
It's all high power hardcore. It's all sing along. It's all happy. Silent Majority have been real deal hardcore goods from the beginning. But like a lot of Long Island bands are like, why tour? We're, we're fucking known in Long Island. And we kick ass. We don't need to play all over these other places. But, you know, Scanlon having working with them was like, yo, do you want them? I'm like, yeah, of course I want Silent Majority. Legit Long Island hardcore fucking legends. Very happy to see Long Island so deep at this hardcore. Shout out to Vitalo for coming out and all the Gold Theory guys. Love seeing people who don't have any responsibilities or need to show up. Just want to come and hang at the fest. It was fucking great. And um, yeah, Long Island was in the fucking building. No pressure. Silent Majority and then GB. You know, I gave out some medals, but you guys were slacking. You were tired. Too much other crazy shit going on. So we'll have to save some medals for next year, I guess. Now, Sunday always hurts. Because you're tired. And this bitch starts out slow, and then it runs so fucking fast that you almost fucking forget. Like, you're like, fuck, next year you know it's nighttime. Uh, Pain Clinic for PA opens up, sets the fucking tone. And then it's a one, two, three. It's a boom, 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 boom. It just, like, heats up like a, like a, like a slow-building fire. You know, Pain Clinic and the Killing Me. David sounded f- fucking monstrous. This Envision, as I said, we were all back there watching him on the TV. Hold my own. Greg, I don't know how the fuck many guest vocals he did than did his own set. Very sick. M- m- missing Link. Um, got the Mongoloid uh, Award. Like, remember the uh, Thug Tug from S- SpongeBob? Like, you had to be at least 200 pounds and in good shape to even be up front. There were some fucking monsters in that pit the way it's supposed to be. Yo, Mad Love, the Vamakara. This is a band that had played with a different singer. They got a new singer. Uh, X has been supporting this hardcore for a very long time. And awesome to see him on stage again. And I don't even know what the word Vamakara means. It's like some more metallic, evil, fucking, some devil-sounding shit. Glad they came back and played. Uh, Face Wreck, PA. Dude, AJ promised 100 people from Pittsburgh and 100 people came. He kept his fucking word. God bless Pennsylvania hardcore. God bless Pittsburgh hardcore, preserving hardcore. And we will be out there for Cold's World. And Shattered Realm will be at that spot, preserving hardcore the night before we do Cold's Life, John, in October. Um, Combust. Dude, so you got Jamie Davis, you got... Uh, two damn hypes own uh, met and all these old heads there specifically to see combust because the OGs know this is the real deal reincarnation the devil's child between the fucking bright side and fucking breakdown like the fucking ultimate combination yes I know the fucking guys are the same band do you remember blah 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 but you can hear it you hear a little breakdown you hear a little killing time a little breakdown a little killing time Cool ass Andrew up there on stage with that chin strap and all that gold. Um, end it, man. This festivals are made by people who have just insane amounts of charisma, and this Akil is one of them. Great set from these guys. Uh, end it basically is going to start cloning themselves because they play every weekend somewhere. It's fucking incredible how this small band from Baltimore just bounces up and then they're fucking ubiquitous. Great to see them continuing to catch up and murder crowns. Um, if you wanted to know why Bitter Ends on the fest, a lot of it had to do with seeing people excited because they play with Knock Loose, but also because I was getting Bane 
I wanted to tie in shit that was like alongside like shit Bane played with. So I was like, yo, is Bitter End around? Like, dude, they'd be fucking dope. Try to get other stuff, but couldn't make it work. We got the Bitter End, and great to see my old friend Daniel. Bitter End is an old hardcore, this is hardcore classic, rather. They played a lot of fests. Daniel and them guys ripped up the old stage many a time. Daniel, one of the dudes that would sing, immediately go down on the floor, mosh for the next 10 bands. Great to see him. Texas proud. Fucking absolutely awesome. Uh, Speed. Not only is a great band that the young kids are really fucking vibing, I actually sat down and ate with them in the back area. We have our catering and really got to have some sense of jam and what these guys have going on. And I really, I don't really get to know everybody in bands and I don't think I know these guys perfect, but breaking bread and having a meal with somebody does say a lot about their character and they were fucking fantastic. And I appreciate them coming from so far all the way out in Australia. And I should say that not only were there people from Australia, there were uh, three awesome gentlemen from Japan. I met some uh, two folks from South Korea. And these things need to be said that, like, you have hardcore kids that don't want to drive two hours for a show. And these motherfuckers are traveling three or 4,000 miles to be here. You know, three or 4,000 miles to be at a hardcore show on the other side of the goddamn planet. Or for all you flat earthers, just across the disc. <laughs> Fuck. Um, undying. I'm standing there and people are like, why, why are you on the floor? Are you going to look fucking mosh? It's like, dude, don't you know that the singer of Undying, since the get, jumps out and just like screams in people's faces? And that's exactly what he did. Then my brother-in-law, this Ben, gets down and he literally plows me over like I'm fucking nothing. And I'm like on my back on the floor like I can't let this pussy just fucking nail me to the floor. And I'm like, damn, dude, Joe got fucking wasted by this fucking roofing weirdo. So I had to get up there and show the moves off. But with class and style, not bullying these young kids like you jerk-offs. It's good times. Um, Surprise of the night was me standing next to Sonny and me thinking that there was a bit with Luke because Luke's a wild man. And instead, Luke proposed to his now fiance, and she accepted. Great to see some uh, people make This Is Hardcore an important time part of their entire lives with these proposals and such. Absolutely fantastic. Um, God bless Luke. It's a great time. Wisdom Chains, one of my favorite bands in the world. This magnitude, I mean, dude, Connor and them guys, just fucking unbelievable. Uh you know, there was this like special bond between North Carolina and PA already, but you got undying and wisdom and magnitude and fucking prayer and all this shit, and it's like this North Carolina, Pennsylvania fucking bond there, man. Uh, Gridiron, Mac comes out looking stylish in McDonald's gear. I don't even know how to say that fucking sentence, but that's how he fucking rolls. Versace, then McDonald's gear. It's, dude, he's like, he is like a walking NASCAR fucking thing it's so crazy i love him sick son of a bitch um this vein came out and i think they played a bunch of new shit but then the older shit popped i was hanging with the beyond repair throwdown cats and we were watching and they got really psyched they're getting pumped up in the room they weren't pumping iron but they're fucking psyched for vein it's awesome to see older band dudes checking out younger bands and not being like, these guys fucking suck, but like legitimately championing them, legitimately being psyched to see a band get the fucking response they deserve. 
Um, those of you who don't know, this Beyond Repair is Indecision Records, a 30-year party. Dave Mandel, huge part of Southern California hardcore, and made a huge uh, impact. You wouldn't know about Unbroken and all these bands without him and his label. So because of that, Indecision did the 30 days, uh, 30 years. The first records were from Indecision that Throwdown put out. At a certain point in time, Keith, the original frontman, stopped singing for them because he had other projects. And the guitar player became the singer, Dave Peters, and then he started touring a lot. And then little by little, almost all of the original members of Throwdown were no longer playing besides, I think, Dom. And so basically the band became someone else's band, like he owned it. So when they did the, hey, we want to do these shows, they were kind of like, well, you can do the shows, but you can't call yourselves Throwdown because it's my band name. So they had to do the Beyond Repair gimmick, which is fine. You know, we'll let that happen. So the end result was that they came and played Philly as well under the same moniker. Absolutely fucking kill. I hope they play more shows. I really fucking hope they do. It's great to see my old friends. I've known them dudes since we were on that first tour. You guys heard the stories a million times, so I'm not going to keep repeating myself. But legit, known them dudes a long time. Great fucking guys. The set was great. The kids went off. And then that's all that really counts. Prayer for cleansing. These dudes are like the pro-pro metal gods. Um, People were freaking out about Paul and Will. They're such good musicians. And they brought it. And all the kids, the Adrian kids, all the newer, younger kids finally got the... They're, they're Moby Dick, they're White Whale. They finally get to see the prayer for cleansing. That's what's cool about these fests, too, as these things come together. You know, we're getting the opportunity to bring some of these old bands back, but also giving these young kids the opportunity to see these bands that they just listen to for hours and hours and can only imagine how a band would be. I, I can't imagine what this band would be like. Well, now they don't have to imagine because they got to see prayer for cleansing. And it's cool as shit that these bands still want to come out and be a part of it sincerely. I know there's a ton of bands that, oh, these young kids don't care. I love when old bands come back together, do it for the right reasons. In this case, John from Head First Record passed, so they were doing the initial benefits in December of 2022 to give money to his family, and then they were like, fuck it, we might as well play some shows. So we're very lucky because of a sad situation. We get to both the undying and the prayer for cleansing thing happening. Um, Yeah, and then um, we roll in the fucking Bane. From all reports, videos, everything I saw, Bane had the set that I always wanted them to have. And there, there's no bitterness in this, but the truth is is that like, I've seen a lot of Bane shows. Uh, I can now say that I have to watch the video to see how that was headlining because as the fest organizer, part of what you know would be a ridiculous uh, waste of money would be to pay like a formal tent company to bring out these crazy tents every year. So I own, I own the tents. We build them every year. We put them back. We roll them up. We throw them in my backyard, cover them a tarp, and redo every year. Throw out tents as we need to. Long legacy of throwing around some old-ass tents. <laughs> this is fucked up. Think if we had every tent from the first time we bought tents in like 09, I think we could probably cover... I think I probably bought about 38 tents now, 38 10 by 20 tents, of which we probably only now employ about 12 or 13, now you know, probably about 14 tents. So over the years, we always lose tents. And so, yeah, it's our job to put this shit back. We have concrete blocks that we bought, and we tied the shit down so they don't blow away. These are the other parts that you don't see in the This Is Hardcores. 
you don't see this and it's a necessary need. But, you know, um, to quote the tricky was I don't run this kind of operation here. I don't have the surplus couple thousand bucks to pay to fucking rent shit. So someone's got to clean it up. At the end of the day, it ends up in my backyard. So unfortunately, I didn't get to see Bane. But I got to hang out with a bunch of awesome young kids that made me full of excitement for the future in fucking hardcore. The very future of fucking hardcore is people who are way more positive than my generation. Uh, A little bit more accepting of the differences in musical taste or the discernations between the different cores, like I said earlier. And ultimately, I, I left this hardcore happy. I left this hardcore fulfilled. My friends really stood by me. I got to see so many people. I did truly enjoy myself. Uh, my ramp ups were minimum. I, I have a world. I mean, one day I hope Bob writes a whole book on the world class, ridiculously stupid ramp ups that I've had over the years that this is hardcore. But the ramp ups were kept to a minimum, and I can only say that specifically for me, I'm proud of what my team did. I'm proud of the progress that we've made as a fest. And look, man, you know the real deal is is that. We are supported by things like the Fishtown Animal Hospitals, Fishtown Rescues. They give us some money. We push their cause. That money helps us pay for things like insurance and shit. Uh, This year we had gone to bed with the devil for the first time. The PBR folks, and it's because of Carlos and No Echo. Getting out there and swinging swinging for the fences for this hardcore. Going to Greg, Greg Falchetto, making it happen. You know, because this money, it doesn't go in the JHC's pocket. It subsidizes things. It makes things possible for us. Um, they printed shirts for us, which were actually, so many people wanted them. We're going to do with one last pre-order, so that way, if you didn't get your shirt, you can get your fucking shirt. Then I don't want to hear about these shirts till we print the next ones next year. But, like, this isn't like, hey, yo, I need $50,000. Like, they do what they can. They support hardcore in the way of subsidizing and helping this thing continue. This little bit of extra help, it does help continue the process for us. You know, it, the thing that's always been bizarre about hardcore is the dirty words that surround money and profit and whatever. It's like, I don't bill this is hardcore and say, hey, I'm targeting making X amount of money. I, I really look at what do we what do we think we can pull off here? What somewhat of a budget we have? Thankfully, I have the biggest ball buster, pain in a fucking ass prick, Iranian devil fuck, Eric Walk now who will just tell me no, you're not spending this money because I'm fucking stupid. Would, but it, it's we come up with a budget that we think we can hit, you know, with a modest number of sales, and, and that's what keeps us going. You know, like we're not. Selling 2,500 tickets a night. Sorry, we're not that fucking big. You know, I mean, there's... I don't kick myself because we would eventually lost um, Starlight Ballroom anyway, the first venue. But yeah, sometimes when I see this Bob and FYA, it's like, man, playing it smaller is so smart because at the time, when you're small, like, a, like you know, you're, you're fucking a smaller room, these bands and their agents can't really ask you for shit that's like beyond what you can do hey it's only this big this is you know there's not that there's not duplicity and shit and business but really by now the people that i work with who have bands that we book who are booking agents so to speak most of them understand like this is kind of like what we can spend 
But, you know, whenever we go after someone else, Bandit may not know us. Some of these agents are hitting us for money. It's like, dude, we don't get $50,000 in sponsorships. This is not, it's not even close. You know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. So I, I say these things so you understand a better perspective. It's never been like, well, we made this much money, so it's a good year. It's like, no, it's a good year because the fest happened. People traveled thousands of miles and people spent thousands of dollars of their own hard money on hotels and Ubers and, and overpriced bar drinks and T-shirts they're going to resell and hopefully some snow cones from Cracker and all the food trucks up there. You know, like, I hope all this shit happens so it continues because every once in a while you just need to get away from your regular ass life and just see three days worth of bands and your feet hurt and you sweat and you're like, I don't even know why the fuck I do this every year and I love it. I love it because it makes me happy to give back to the thing that gave me everything. Everything. My mom and dad made me, hardcore shaped me, and and what I took from it and the things that I gleaned from it and the way that I pursued life because of it placed me in this position so that way I can do things that I think will be beneficial to not only my local scene but my part of hardcore. And for that I'm always bet I'm always happy with the outcome of this is hardcore as long as I think when I leave I want to do another one. And there's multiple times where I'm like, fuck this. (laughs) So I can't say it's every year. I've had some shitty outlooks. I mean, I tried to jump off a fucking bridge one year. So this has been a fucking great outlook. I'm happier than I've ever been because I'm in a good place with the right people around me. Giving me the honesty, giving me the reality of what we can and what we can't do and what's stupid. And if I could leave you with anything is, is like, don't be afraid to ask your friends, hey, is this fucking stupid? Because a real friend's like, yeah, that's fucking stupid. Anyone who just yes man in you again, get rid of them. They want something, and they're probably behind you. Yo, can you believe this fucking guy? Get people that'll tell you no. Get people that'll say, I don't think that's a good idea, but here's my idea. Or someone go, hey, I, you know what? I, I went out of my way, and I talked to this person. Do you want this to happen? Thank. That's exactly what John Scanlon did. Hey, I don't know if you want them, but uh, Silent Majority would play. I'm like, fuck you. Of course we want them. These are the kind of people you want around them if you're doing shit like this. And, and because of all these people, I, I you know, it'd be rough to not say that Jess Riley living here now. Um, it's it's a hard thing to talk about because it's emotional for me. But uh, Juice obviously has been really busy with work for over a year. So Juice is a huge part of the art, the website, all that shit was always Juice. When Juice got really busy, Maddie became the person. Well, our Maddie is still really in a bad way in Utah. So then we had to step up and make our fucking laminates. And this Jess came into play. And not only just booking this fucking podcast and a guest and sorting this shit out and dealing with the fishtails and selling merch today of and just doing all this extra shit. Like, that's a huge part of what's going to make or break this fucking fest is just having people who aren't saying at every test what's in it for me. You know, um, I show up at FYA willing to serve. Bob Wilson's the same way. Tell me if you need me to go to the store. I'll get you whatever you need. This is what you should do. This is how you should do it. You could do it a different way, but this is the way it works best for our team because we're willing to always support the other half of the team, you know? 
this is hardcore. Bob's there for whatever I need him to. Uh, FYA, you guys all see me. I'm at the fucking. I'm at the door. I'm ready to do Bob. I'll clean a fucking toilet. I'll punch a giraffe. Whatever the fuck you need me to do, Bob, I'm gonna do it for you. That's the stuff that makes this thing perfect. So many more people that would just take me literally forever to go through them. But this is a good year. Uh, it's almost been an hour. I'm gonna let things fucking go. Uh, we have so many fucking guests lined up. That the only thing I got to think about is, do we want to just pop them out as we do them? Or do we want to pop them out in some kind of contextually connection? Like, if I'm doing this person, but it leads in that, do we just do two weeks? I might even put a stupid poll up on the internet because I'm fucking retarded. But yeah, like we've got so many people in the book ready to be recorded. It's going to get it's going to get fancy. Um we're actually going to start getting some more in-person shit. And, um, yeah, lots happening. Thank you for supporting This Is Hardcore. T-I-A-T podcast for the few notes that are going to be in here. F-Y-A-X is on sale. Philly8cshows.com. And you'll hear from me next week. Sorry for the break. I had to fucking take a break. If you don't like it, kiss my fucking ass. Love yous. Can't wait for next year of This Hardcore. But every week we got a new fucking episode coming. So be ready for me.